You're listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast, episode seven. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer podcast. We're your hosts, Molly Watts and Angela McDade. We are here to help you build the habits of a happier, longer life, starting now. Hey, Angela, it is a gorgeous, sunny fall day here in Oregon. That makes me extremely happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm even happier to be talking to someone on our podcast today who shares so much in common in terms of their passion for aging and aging with optimism. Mm -hmm. When I first started Five for Life, it was a very personal thing for me. But Nicole Christina, who we're going to be talking to, definitely brings an academic and clinical view to aging. Yeah, she is a psychotherapist and a professional blogger, and she also has her own podcast, Zestful Aging, which is... I love Zestful. Yeah, it it just makes makes you feel bright and sunny, even if it's a cloudy day. But she has so many different guests, and she describes them all as women of a certain age, And it's mostly women that she has. She has a couple of men, but they are just give different insights on navigating aging and the challenges that come with it. And it's just they're all so interesting, different ways of of looking at life. And it's exactly it's exactly the same as we as we are looking at. Yeah, well, I think that is it's great. And I told her this before when we spoke with her overlapping our message is just fantastic because the more people that are talking about how to age with optimism, how to put a focus on aging, the better off we're going to be. So here's Nicole Christina. Hi, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Hi. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today. I love being with like-minded people. Right, exactly. Yeah. And we've just talked a little bit about the fact that you are a psychotherapist, a professional blogger, and you also have your own wonderful podcast called Zestful Aging. Yes, and it is my my new pet project, and I guess we'll talk about it more, but it has brought so much joy to my life. I can't even find the words. That's awesome. Yeah, and obviously, one of the reasons that we wanted to connect with you is our messages are really very similar. They're coming from the same place, mm-hmm. and we both have a an incredible passion, you know, you and us, for creating a positive outlook on aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really, it's become my life's work. And the more I do it, the more I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the more I meet women in the world who are doing this in different creative ways, it, it, it's, again, you know, it's, it's not um, typical for me not to find words, but it's just restored my faith in humanity. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, yeah, that is that is absolutely incredible. And we agree 100%. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to have this passion for zestful aging. And it's brought great things to you, as you said, you know, as you've been doing it. But what got you there? Uh, yeah, that's 
it's it's been a, a little bit of a twisty turny road i uh i worked in research and academic research and then i went to school to become a therapist a clinical social worker mm-hmm. and i've been doing that for about 28 years and um my program my grad program was very focused on the women's experience mm-hmm. and so i got you know really comfortable and i think good at working with women and then i had a sub specialty on eating disorders. And the thing about eating disorders is it's a very, very intense and horrible disease. And it's hard to cure and it's hard to treat. So I, you know, doing this for 28 years, I, I, I certainly... I'm dedicated to it, but I also started finding that I was asking questions like, how can I connect with more people? What's a broader message of wellness and health and taking control of your own life and and, and sort of aging destiny? And so I dropped down on some of my private clients. I still have a roughly a half-time client load, but I decided that, you know, reaching more people, particularly around the world and finding out what they were doing uh, to keep themselves well and lively and engaged, just it just became another passion for me. And it's, you know, the people I've been able to meet, I've had so many pinch me moments. I've had several guests that, you know, I feel like they raised me, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of my own consciousness about um, uh, women and some of the challenges that we have, uh, particularly around ageism, uh, lookism, all of those Mm -hmm. kind of things. So it's all kind of related about, you know, taking your life in your own hands. Oh, I love, and I love zestful. I love yeah. that word. Mm. It's a fast, it's just a fabulous. Yeah. It's just so uplifting. Right. <laughs> and zest. I mean, who doesn't, it's just, you know, it's a great word. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. Yeah. So yeah. So you've created kind of, you've gone out there, you've, you've got different ways that you engage with people, obviously the podcast, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And as you mentioned, you have had some incredible guests that really have wonderful stories mm-hmm. of their own where they're creating their own zestful aging experience. You also have done some work using your own academic background and your clinical experience and created a zestful aging course. Right. I have. And that was actually a lot of fun. And it, It's hard work, but it's fun because, of course, it's your course. So Mm -hmm. you can really distill the things, you know, you read the research, you, you, you know, as I said, I've been a clinician, so I've seen what's helped people and you kind of make it your own. It's like your own little recipe. Of course, it's based on science, but certain things are highlighted. Um, I'm a really big believer in stillness, nature, meditation, um, Mm -hmm. and all of those things. So I tend to go heavy on that. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh, there's been a lot of different ways to do this. The course uh, is the distillation of what I've learned. And it's simple. I found that, you know, people don't want to sit and watch hours and hours of of anyone talking, I guess. Yeah. So it's pretty, you know, the, the modules are pretty short and punchy. And then I also have some meditations. I have different tools on there. I have a 30-page 
companion workbook that you mm-hmm. get along with it. So you can kind of take notes and then go back and look at it. And that's, of course, a great learning tool. So it's about much like I think uh, it has some uh, overlap with your planner. There's a way mm-hmm. in which it's like, okay, we're working on this. Mm-hmm. Let's notice about how we can increase this in your life. Let's notice what it feels like, what's missing, what needs to be kind of encouraged. Um, it's helpful. It's a support. And I have done the work. I mean, there's so many things that are thrown at us about you should be drinking kale smoothies. You should right. be sitting yeah. in your head. You shouldn't eat. You should meet. You know, no carbs, carbs, you know. Right. And yeah. I, I, you know, I think my biggest favor maybe to my listeners and to the people who do the courses, I cut through all of that confusing and contradictory message, a lot of it maybe coming on social media, but people have said, you know, it's nice to be able to just cut through and not have to wonder, well, maybe I should be drinking more, you know, broccoli and that. And so I have the background to say, listen, this is what works and this, we're not really sure. So maybe let's put the emphasis on what we, we know absolutely works. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you said way at the start there, that it is simple, and I think that's the key to most things. Although it is simple, it's still hard to carry out at times. But mm-hmm. if you're starting out and it is a simple thing, then it's approachable for everybody. And uh, yeah, I think that's so right. I mean, that's that's what I talk a lot about is that, yeah, you know, do I want to maybe bike and do these things and then swim? Yeah, but it's not sustainable. And I find that in my experience with working people with people with eating issues, you know, they want to eat clean or they want to exercise every day. Guess what? You know, there may be days where you're simply too busy to exercise and that's okay. That doesn't mean you say, forget it. I'm not doing it anymore. It means that if you can walk five minutes or 10 minutes, okay, Mm -hmm. well, tomorrow I have a gap in my schedule and I'm going to go play tennis, that kind of thing. So it's much more reasonable and it doesn't make people crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Our messages are very similar there. It's all about creating the habits and doing them in a comfortable or at least in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure out what works for you and, and then make it work. So and and I know you guys talk about positive stuff and I, you know, again, bring it back to the eating disorder, like, you know, when people are recovering from eating disorders, they say, well, what should I eat? It's got to be clean and it's got to be organic. Like eat something beautiful, eat some, Mm -hmm. a salad that has 19 different colors in it. That's delicious. Take Mm -hmm. a walk, take an aesthetic walk, look at the sky, say hi to your neighbors. This isn't a boot camp. Right. Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't the word boot camp just sort of like immediately oh. instill in you that fear, not even a fear, just like yeah, you I just think run away oh. screaming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it just, it says, this is not going to be fun. Right. This is going yeah. to be miserable. Yeah. You'll grimace the whole way. Right. <laughs> Sign and, me up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, geez. <laughs> so I know one of the very first things that you talk about is having a positive outlook and we are all about creating a positive outlook, but that optimism is 
super important about, you know, not only just because it's better to be happy than sad, right? Mm -hmm. But is your research shown, Nicole, that there's benefit to having a positive outlook? Well, it's a choice. And the brain loves negativity because that's how we're made and that's how we're safe, right? And just in terms of evolution. And we're always scanning. And there's some really interesting research about when people are behind you. They did a study of uh, students in a library and people passing behind them in not any kind of aggressive way and that blood pressure goes up. So, mm-hmm. you know, our, we're, we're geared to stay safe and mm-hmm. our, you know, our programming is pretty old. And so some of this is flexing a new muscle to say, yeah, I mean, the, the world is really a mess and things are hard and Many of us are worried a lot, mm-hmm. but, and it's not to say, oh, it's, it's not about being Pollyannish, but for me, it's about making sure I get out in the woods and sitting and just looking at moss or really spending time to when the sunset's beautiful to let it sink into my pores and Rick Hansen is a is a really great guy. He does uh, he's a neuropsychologist and he talks about letting it seep in, spending time absorbing of whatever it is, your puppy's mm-hmm. silliness or your beautiful salad or your kid's smile, whatever it is, we all mm-hmm. have our thing, but to really let it sink in and the idea is to counteract you know, when you put the news on and you just want to go back to bed and hide under the covers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I tell people, I'm not a naturally, like optimism is not my default mode. I am, I am a, I tend to be a realist. I can stumble, uh, I get, you know, over something that is a negative thought or a negative, negative self-talk, things of that nature. And one of the things that I find so encouraging about all of this is that you can create optimism. You mm-hmm. can create yeah, it really a positive is, outlook in your it mind. It's a choice. Yeah. And it's, a, yeah. you know, you, you do it by taking actions. You do it by going out and sitting in nature. Mm-hmm. You do it by choosing to, to focus on something like, just like you said, your kids smile, your, you know, something happy mm-hmm. and offsetting the negatives mm-hmm. that, are, that are out there in the world and in your own, in your own brain. I'll give you a, even a silly example as I love having fresh cut flowers in my office and I have a flat, you know, I've garden, um, but I do live in upstate New York. So it's not yeah, six months of the year. Yeah, there's exactly. yeah. flowers. But there's a way in which it kind of counteracts some of the sadness and the trauma that comes to this office. And there's a way that like, I'll look at those flowers and it's, it's a way of saying, yes, look at this beauty. And it's a, it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to be sad about. There's a lot of tragedy out there. And in a way, you know, it's very realistic to be down about that and hopeless. So, but it comes to, you know, how do I want to live? How do I want my, you know, my life to go? And I just know that there are things that I can do to counterbalance that. And some of the things you talk about so eloquently, I'm a big believer in uh, grateful living, connection, 
you know, and I'm a more and more a fan as I read more and more about smartphones and how they're basically destroying our ability to have to a socially interact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just to, to have some quiet to sit and, you know, we can call it meditation. That's a fancy word for it, but just to take a time out, I just find vitally important in, in aging well. It is, and, and they've done studies now at, like, Google, because even though Google, like, you know, owns the yeah, the world of the, the internet, you know, and, mm-hmm. the, and devices and of that nature, but, that you know, kids are not um, able to have just the most simple human interaction. They don't understand how to introduce themselves to someone. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how to have a, an engaged conversation, They mm-hmm. and, and they actually are developing, like, problems in their necks and their shoulders because of whether they're, they're holding their phone all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it is crazy. Mm-hmm. It is crazy, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. We, won't go, <laughs> we won't go, I'm sorry, going down, I'm going down yeah. rabbit holes, but mm-hmm. the, but the point is that social connection is something that is vitally important as you age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about it because loneliness and isolation is actually, it, it's been proven to, to impact your lifespan. And it's a critical problem for our aging population. What have you seen as far as the importance of social connections or that an impact of loneliness as you're in your research? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, that's, it's an epidemic. Um, and there's really interesting initiatives of, both in our country and, and abroad where they're bringing uh, younger folks, college students into retirement homes because it, it does good for both of them. So trying to be really creative about how do we help people with isolation. I mean, personally, I just, I, I have dogs. Um, I'm one of those crazy dog ladies who would just adopt every dog that came <laughs> along. And every day, almost every day, unless there's a wind chill factor below 20, which sometimes happens here, but Mm -hmm. I'm out. And so I'm always, you know, uh, seeing other people with dogs at the dog parks. Then it could be as simple as what kind of dog is that? Oh, did you get it at such and such shelter? Oh, is it a Texas dog? And just that, like, I see you, you see me, we're together. It's that whole, uh, that whole namaste thing. Like, I see you, you see me. We're both humans. We're both in this moment together. And then you walk along and do it all over again. I mean, you know, my work as a psychotherapist can be very isolating. And I notice that if I don't get out and even just go to the grocery store or walk down the street, go to the bank and, or even the mail carrier, you know, have words, just something to say, you know, we're kind of all in this together. I feel myself get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it has to happen. And again, biological reasons. We're mammals. And back on the savanna, if you were alone, it's not only uncomfortable, it's deadly. Yeah. I mean, you cannot be traveling outside of your tribe because you will be the first one to get picked up. So we're, we're designed to be with our tribe or our herd or whatever you want to call it, that mm-hmm. is for safety. And you can't, you know, this has been implanted and it, it, there's a reason for it. And we can't think we're going to 
uh, change habits uh, against yeah. the way we well, were yeah. made. Biological yeah. wiring of, you mm-hmm. know, of generations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of generations. Yeah. Not, right. you know, I mean, it's That's not, right. we're talking goes about back to the basics. Right. Yeah. You know, as your life changes, right. As you continue to age and I can see myself as I eventually, when I retire and things of that nature, you have to keep working at staying engaged, even with the people that I want to see, right? Yeah. Um, it gets very easy to just kind yeah. of stop doing because you don't have the commitments. You know, I don't have yeah. to show up at the school every week. I don't have to show up at the ball game. I don't mm-hmm. have to show up at the concert. Those things that would just naturally keep me connected. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. again, as people's lives change and they retire, they aren't at the workplace anymore. And mm-hmm. if, or if they live, you know, like your your practice is solo, it's much more one-on-one yeah so. it's it's because we we are friends because our kids went to school together and when you're meeting people without any real effort you're going to do the thing but in you know in going to school or the ball game or whatever you just happen to meet each other but when you don't have that everything then becomes an effort you have to make arrangements to see each other and go out together and go for a coffee. Where does it all happened without any effort before? So as you get older, you do find that you have to, when it becomes an effort, then you're, a lot of people just don't take the effort and they just let let things slide. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where this interaction as you get older becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. I want to, if, if you don't mind, I just want to make a plug for uh, an interview I did yesterday. Um, it's, and you may know about it. It's called the Transition Network. And I spoke to the executive director, her name's Susan Collins. And it is this brilliant organization. It's a nonprofit. And people just go on, they have all these offerings. It's like a meetup group on steroids and it's all about training people offering groups um, and it's for 50 and overs and they cover all of the challenges of aging retirement emptiness sandwich generation they have speakers they have trainings they have all kinds of resources and i was just so taken by it and Mm -hmm. uh, so i just wanted to put it out there to your listeners yeah no Um, absolutely that is a great in fact we'll put that down in the show notes yeah it's the transition network and i think they have 16 chapters but even if they don't have a chapter in your area um they're international uh, members and you can get all of their stuff online as well very nice cool very cool let's talk a little bit about something that i found interesting in and we're going to lead people to believe you have a free webinar that they can learn more about your zestful aging class. Mm-hmm. Um, and in watching that webinar, I learned a new word I didn't even know. Oh, I know <laughs> what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because I love to learn is generativity. Yes. Tell me about generativity. Generativity is so funny because I love words. I love reading. And I thought I pretty, you know, I had heard everything. But yeah, I came out of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which is the longest study of aging to date. It's actually still going on. It's 80 plus years old. Yes, that's um, I'm, I'm actually familiar with that, which one of the many, we are continually listening to uh, that's 
kind of stuff on all these studies on aging and that one is is super interesting it's yeah it's amazing and i got familiar with it because one of the principal investigators was affiliated with my grad school but uh, that's another story yeah so Mm -hmm. uh yeah so they just start talking about generativity and i thought what the heck is that (laughs) and essentially it's a fancy word for paying it forward and so uh an example that i heard once is planting seeds for trees that you will never see grow both figuratively and literally that there was a group of volunteers that were actually planting trees and you know they're in their 80s and they're planting them for shade and they are never going to see that shade come to light but it's the idea that you're helping future generations and you're giving of yourself in ways that you're never going to see bear fruit but people describe that as so deeply satisfying and not in the happy way that maybe back in the day when we got our license or a date or something, you know, we might be squealing about or doing a happy dance. It's a much deeper, quieter, mellower state of deep, deep satisfaction. And that's what many people who are aging will describe as a different kind of happiness and often when they're doing these kinds of activities. You know, one of the things that I, I see as just a vital way of creating generativity, and, and I think I would love to hear your opinion on it. I'm sure you feel the same way, but I want to really see more seniors, more grandparents in our schools volunteering with mm-hmm. kids because it's good for everybody. It's good for the volunteers. It's wonderful for the kids. And not all of our kids have have grandparents in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they don't have great examples of grandparents in their yeah. lives either. You know, they're not those active. We want to create a positive outlook or a positive image of aging. We need to take a turn as older people to go give back to those and, and you're really creating you are giving something that you may not see the benefit from, you know, you'll, you'll have fun, right? In, mm-hmm. in a very immediate experience if you're volunteering in a school, but what you're doing for those kids and what they will mm-hmm. turn, you know, how they will grow up mm-hmm. is something that you may not get to see. Mm-hmm. Like it's an investment. Yes. And, and um, as you noted, that kind of volunteering can be tremendously good for one's soul and also the souls of those who you're, helping. I would caution your listeners, though, that not to just volunteer for volunteering's sake. It's really Mm. important that there's a good fit between what you're doing. You you should feel energized. I mean, you might be tired at the end of the day, but there's been some examples of people who say, I know I should volunteer and I'm going to do it to make myself, you know, age better, Mm. but it's not a good fit and they actually feel not energized and right and, and, and even th- resentful about having to go yeah. so do it there you know shop around and make sure it matches your your interests and and your talents yeah that that's one of the things that we do try and promote like on in all of our like one of the things in move is that we want you to pick something that you enjoy and it's the same thing with when you are interacting with people showing up at something that you hate is, is not going to be beneficial to anybody. So it's just, as you said, finding the right fit, something that 
that you go and you enjoy and, and it's a it's a good experience for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit, like I said, we're going to direct people to, we're going to link to your webinar in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Give me an overview of the Zestful Aging course one more time and mm-hmm. what people are going to get out of it both immediately and long-term. Okay, sure. Um, you know, it's successful aging, simple and sustainable habits for longevity. Um, and, it, you know, much like what you guys are talking about, if you don't do it, it could be the most healthy and wonderful habit in the world. Uh, I'm all about, you know, is this, is this what a regular person can do? Does this make sense? Does it feel good? Is there an intuitive sense like, yeah, my body actually likes taking a walk. My body does not like running. Mm-hmm. Um, my body loves playing tennis, um, but I'm not going to be uh, doing marathon prep. I mean, that's just not my thing. Um, so it's really about doing things that are manageable, but really pack a, a punch. So mm-hmm. it, it really does matter if you get outside most days and take a walk and move and lubricate your joints. It matters. So I'm really going for, you know, bang for the buck here. Uh, this is not training Olympic athlete. This is about helping you do the things that we know. The research is very clear. We know that things like quiet, meditation, having a spiritual life, getting out in nature, moving and eating reasonably well. Again, not this is not like the food police here. It's got to be clean, organic, and it's got to be this. It's okay to have a chocolate-covered Oreo with caramel sauce or whatever your fantasy <laughs> dessert is once in a while. That it's sounds pretty good. Small. Yeah, it's a matter of balance that mostly you want to feed your body good fuel that's delicious. If you don't like Greek yogurt, for goodness sake, don't eat it. There's <laughs> lovely things for you. Go to the farmer's market, um, try new things. So that's that's the whole thing. And it's, you know, it's pretty, I, I've tried to make it really accessible and fun and pleasant and even a little bit funny. It's basic and it's good stuff. And you don't have to worry so much. People and I found in my practice, they get really like, I'm not doing it right. I didn't take a walk. Oh, I ate McDonald's. And then they sort of feel like they want to give up. Yeah. And I say, okay, so you ate McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. You know, once in a while, it just simply, our bodies are really resilient. It's not going to kill you, but it's also not going to make you feel great. So mm-hmm. what's what's good tomorrow? What do you like? You like this? You like that? I'll play. Well, I don't really like. Don't eat it then. What do you like? I love broccoli. Okay, let's think about what we can do with broccoli that is delicious. I'm about like, you know, practical. I'm yeah. not about like, oh, you know, I'm going to eat everything that is organic. Sometimes you can't eat organic all the time. Sometimes, you know, we have tons of something in the garden and that we eat a lot of tomatoes, (laughs) you know? So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying it's a a tool to help guide you Mm -hmm. and help teach you in a way that I think is 
not painful and can be fun and is educational. Awesome. So the webinar is called Making Over 50, The Best Years Ever. That's actually, That's you know what, that you, that was an older version. Oh, okay. And so I'll have to double check that. But if you go on NicoleChristina.com, I can't remember where that particular webinar fit in. There's been a lot of versions uh, of them. But if you go to NicoleChristina.com, there's different options. You can look at different things. You can sign up. I have a monthly newsletter blog mm -hmm. that I, I, talk about all these things and but you'll find all my stuff there and then you can just pick and choose what what suits you awesome and i think we can find your podcast there as well or at least a link you to the can word. it's on mm -hmm. itunes and all the uh, all the places. platforms called zestful aging it's the only zestful aging and i have some really interesting guests quirky guests i've learned things about different kinds of volunteering and different kinds of ways of coming into one's own after 50 that has been an absolute joy yeah, no, it's a great podcast and I Thanks. encourage everybody to go take a listen because you'll get something. What I love about your podcast is it's very, it's different every week. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really, really diverse, it's really, yeah. right, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it, has that, it has that common theme of people doing inspiring things or learning cool things about mm -hmm. aging. And you can tell that it's really, you know, it's something that, yeah, yeah, that you've really that you're growing from it too. So that's no, really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I have dog rescuers and people going into San Quentin and helping hospice. Right. And then I have people knitting prosthetic breasts for post mastectomy, people going to Rwanda. I mean, it is just a potpourri of right. <laughs> really interesting women. Isn't that great though? Because that's really what life is, right? It's just, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways of approaching the same things. And that's why I love that. I love that. And I love mm -hmm. our, how our messages have crossed paths. And mm -hmm. we're just so lucky that we've gotten to meet you and talk with you virtually anyway. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Again, it's Nicole Christina and that's N-I-C-O-L-E and then Christina. C -H -R. Just like the first name. Yep. I-S-T-I-N-A dot com, right? right? Yep. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. It's and been a pleasure, Molly. Yeah, cool. We will uh, again link everything in our show notes for everybody and mm -hmm. we just thank you for being here. Have a great day. And hope it doesn't, uh, you know, snow, too snow soon. anytime soon up there. In, <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that. We're not quite ready for that. I haven't put my garden to bed yet. Thanks yeah. for all your good work, too. I love your planner, and I'm going to sing its praises far and wide. It's a great idea. Thanks, All right. Nicole. Thanks so much, Nicole. Bye-bye now. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast. Now it's time to move, learn, share, give and let go five daily actions to make the rest of your life the best of your life see you next week